Woo, so we are, I've had so much fun with this word. We're beginning this series called Irrational. Mm-hmm, and some of y'all giggle. Because just wait till something breaks your routine in a day and then everything's irrational, right? <laughs> Have you ever thought about things that are rational, though, and things that are irrational? I've had to stop and I've had to to really think about this. And one of the things that we have been doing as we've been preparing for this sermon series is asking some questions. And so I want to ask you, come on, Crosswalk, y'all are so good at this. I want to know, my hair is purple. Is that rational or irrational? Okay, well then let's get one a little simpler then. Is Dave being bald, is that rational or irrational? irrational. Dave, that stands up here with me. Rational or irrational? He didn't have a choice. Did Mama Carol say that? Yeah. Yeah. How about this? Rafe is an incredible musician. Is that radical? Rational or irrational? It's radical too. What do you think? Is that rational or irrational? Weeds only grow in my yard. No one else's. Is that rational or irrational? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Is that rational or is that irrational? Irrational. I don't understand it. And as your pastor up here with you today, I don't understand why he loved me so much. That is irrational to me. And that is an irrational love that I will never, ever comprehend because I am not worth it. The only thing that makes me worth it is God's love for me and the fact that he loved me so much. That's what makes it rational for me. So today we're going to dive into a scripture that seems completely irrational. And yet, is it really? So follow me, because y'all are going to be like, oh no, what is she about to tell us? So just follow me for a second. We're going to start in Genesis 22. If you want to turn there, starting at verse 1. Are y'all ready for this, really? Here we go. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. Well, right there, all of a sudden, I just get this sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering, and he set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Oh, that would have had to have stung. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. 
Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he and himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, Father. And he said, Here I am, son, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? So Isaac didn't even know. Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took his knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord, ooh, it's about to get good. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He wanted him to hear him. Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let me explain a little bit here about what is going on. This is Old Testament. Old Testament's a little brutal sometimes. You have to understand this is before Jesus. The greatest sacrifice ever given has come. So we're in a time where sacrifice is important. There had to be a sacrifice. It was usually a young lamb, a goat, or it could be a child. It was a symbol of God's justice and grace in a time before Jesus. It was a part of being in covenant with God. This is why later on Jesus' death would be so important for all of us. So God says, hey Abraham, this time it's going to be your son. Is that rational? Is that irrational? Some may have read this story in Sunday school, but if I'm honest with you, like I said earlier, I don't really want to preach on this. And then I had to dive in a little further. And then all of a sudden it went from I don't want to to uh, is my faith big enough to. Amen. Today I want to share with you some of the thoughts and the things that I feel as I went through this story that made it completely rational for me. For me, this story isn't about sacrifice. This story is about our obedience. But in order to understand having obedience is to understand faith. I mean, I'm not sure I could obey this command. Hey, take your son, your only son. And you need to understand something here. This son, Isaac, was an answer to prayer for Abraham. 
This wasn't just something that one day, hey, you got a kid. This is important to him. He prayed and begged God for this kid, and he gets this kid, and then he says, now you have to sacrifice this kid. I would have so many questions, to say the least. But obedience is far more about the why than the command. When Owen was little, sorry, son, I would say, don't touch the glass top stove because it was really hard to tell because it was a a glass top. It was hard to tell when the burners were on. So when he was little, he could barely see over the top. That didn't last long. I would say, don't touch the stove. And what do all kids say? Well, why? If you touch the stove, it will burn you. He would listen. But he really didn't understand why mommy's saying no. Because he had never been burned before. This is why for Abraham there are so many questions, but yet he knows the why. He knows why he has to obey. He knows why none of this is up for discussion. This is what God commanded him to do. What else are you going to do? But this is where the tides change. Remember, Abraham knew what it meant to walk by faith. He begged for this son. He got his boy. So he knew what it meant to walk by faith. So now Abraham has to walk up that mountain by faith. What does Hebrews tell us about faith? We've all had to learn this. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, but yet it's the evidence of things not seen. It's faith. That means I may not understand all that is happening around me, but I walk by faith, not by what I see. Not even by what I hear. Not even by, guess what, what other people tell me. I walk knowing that I may not ever get to see it. I walk knowing that I may not ever understand God's plan, but I walk by faith. And if we're truly honest, how many of us all like being way more comfortable in the things we know than the things we don't know? Come on, let's just be honest. We're family, right, in this room What we talk about in this room hopefully doesn't stay in this room. But these are the things we just don't talk about. It's nice being comfortable. And it's even nicer being comfortable in our faith. I know it because God said it. I can live in it. Wait until God says do something that's really uncomfortable. Until God says to do something that is irrational. But see, I'm learning that the older I get, that when God asks you to do something, it's not irrational. It's rational. It's just irrational to you. Because what else I have learned is that faith is what bridges irrational to rational. Faith is what bridges irrational to rational. 
When you dive into your faith, it will bridge the divides of what doesn't make sense to what makes sense. Even for Abraham, he understood what seemed to be irrational wasn't. That sacrifice wasn't a new thing. Sacrifice is just what you did. But faith unlocks the doors and it bridges the divide between what I don't know and what I don't get to I know, God, you're going to do something and you're going to make this all make sense. I mean, we get up here every single Sunday, guys, and we sing and we pray and we preach and we laugh and we give and we share and we learn. It doesn't seem rational to people that have never done this before. But faith, faith tells me that if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, God will work, God will move, and God will use me. I don't need to see it in order to understand that God can use what I give, that God can use my gifts, that God can use my time. I don't even need to see it to understand. I just know that if I walk by faith and in obedience, God will work it out. And then we got to be careful because all of us know we get a little bit of the I don't want to's. We do. We have a lot of that, right? Let's just be honest and real in this room. But God, I work nine to five all week long. But God, I've given everything. And all I want is that Starbucks cup of coffee. That's where I go. Can y'all tell where I'm headed with that? Sometimes we've got to work on our want to's. And sometimes working on our want-tos means I've got to walk by faith in order to get to the place that I understand why I want to. Because right now it seems very irrational to me. But I know that if I keep walking and I keep moving forward, it's going to just make sense one day. Faith says I go to church because I want to grow. I want to understand more. I want to make the time. I want to be stronger in my faith. I want to understand more about myself. I want to give a little back to God for all he has done for me. But to help others see that in me as well. Faith also says that I love my neighbor even when I don't know my neighbor. And faith says, you know what, I have to love my enemy too. Faith is constantly stretching us for what seems irrational to becoming extremely rational. Because then I'm learning that the more I do exactly what God is calling me and speaking to me, and some of you, listen, I know that is a very churchy language. Some of you sit back and go, girl, I have no idea what shoes to put on today, much less what God is calling me to do. I want you to understand that's okay too. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. Is because we understand that there are moments you don't know what that means for your life. But you know what? We will figure that out together. That's what we're here for. 
That doesn't mean we have all the answers. And that doesn't mean that we are perfect because we are not. We're kind of this perfect place for imperfect people is what we are. But what we do is we begin to help one another find what that means for them to step out of irrational into rational. Now here's the good part of this story. In verse 22, he said, do not lay your hand on that boy or do anything to him for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son your only son from me and Abraham looked and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns Abraham went and took that ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son he's an on-time God but one of my favorite stories is very similar to this story, and it's the three Hebrew children. And they're getting ready to be thrown into a fire that is so hot that the guard that opens the door dies because he dies from the heat. And they look at King Nebuchadnezzar and they say, you know what, even if you throw us in, I will not bow down to you. What Isaac is saying is, God, I don't understand and this doesn't make sense to me. But Abraham, you still got to do it. So he does it. Guys, we have to quit thinking that everything has to look exactly a certain way in order for it to be rational. Look at me. There's nothing rational about this. And I'm okay with it because I just want to walk in obedience and knowing what God has called me to do. And every step that I take, my, day, my life and the days become rational to me. Amen. Don't leave me out here because I know I'm not the only one. Amen. You are on this ship with me. Amen. Isaac did not die, but there was still a sacrifice made. The covenant was still made. Faith says, I give back to God even though I don't always understand. Faith says that giving to God is not a new thing. We give of our time. We give of our finances and we give of our gifts. You know what? Sometimes we even give up things that we want to do because we realize that nothing, nothing is more rational than serving we give not because it seems rational or irrational. We give because we know we cannot outgive God. And nothing we could ever do will ever repay God for all that He has done for us. Nothing. I get proud of myself sometimes in what I give God, and God reminds me, Are you kidding me? <laughs> faith isn't faith until it's all that I am holding on to. If I can see it, it's not faith. If I can do it, it's not faith. Faith isn't faith until it's all I am holding on to. And as we close today, I want you to think about what is it you're holding on to. Because if you are tired and you are weary, it's because you're holding on to something that isn't your faith. You're holding on to something that is what you want to hold on to. And God is saying, no, you're supposed to let that go. you got to sacrifice that. Maybe some of you in this room have been scared to give your gifts or your time or your talent. And God is saying, it's not yours anyway. Right. 
Some of you have been just like me. Don't leave me hanging where I've gone, God, I've just done so much. And God goes, are you kidding me? We all know that feeling when God speaks and it doesn't make sense. And then all of a sudden, faith is all that we have. Faith is all that we're holding on to. And we know that it's something we have to believe for. It's something that we have to know that there is more than what I'm seeing, what I've heard, and what it even feels like. Did you know even what you feel isn't faith? Most of the time what I feel is totally messing up what my faith is telling me to do. If I get all in my feels, Didi's going to mess up every single time. But if I get into what I know about my faith and who God is in my life and what God means to my life, here's what I want you to understand is God wants the goodness for you. God is not trying to punish you. God is not trying to make a point with you other than he loves you. It doesn't matter who you love. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you have done. Did you know that your past doesn't define you? Your decision right now is what takes you further. Amen? What the world has told you, what the world has tried to make you believe, what the world has even made you feel, I want you to lay that down. I want you to hold on to your faith this morning because I know that it seems irrational because rational has been all of these things being told to you all your life. And you've just bought into that. And the reason you're in church today, I don't even know because the world has made you feel so crummy about yourself. And sometimes, sadly enough, it's been the church, but it hasn't been God. Because God says you are my beloved and you belong to me and I love you and I created you on purpose and I don't have a favorite. Amen. You are my beloved and I am yours. All we have to do, church, is believe for it. All we have to do is know that what we are doing, we can do more. There's no way we can ever outgive God. And here's what I want you to understand. You are loved beyond compare before you ever give a thing. You are loved just like you are before you give your time, before you ever walked in this building before you ever darken the door to try to do something different in your life and give of your gifts. You are loved. There's nothing you can do to earn the love of God because it's already been given to you. So that's why we want to do better is because we want to give back because God already said, I loved you so much, I gave you everything I had, and that was my son. So see, the greatest sacrifice wasn't Isaac and Abraham. God knew that his son was going to have to walk up that hill. God knew that it was going to be an awful journey. And he walked up that hill and he had every single one of us in mind and he died. And let me tell you, we will never repay that. And God knows that. God doesn't expect us to. But what he does want from us is to accept that he loves us, that he cherishes us and that we matter to him. You matter. 
I don't even need to know you for you to understand you matter and you are loved and by his stripes you are healed. But what I want more than anything in my life is to desire to do more for him. I don't know what that is for you, but what I want you to know is whatever that is, you are loved and you matter and you are accepted here. Now I want you to stand with me. Because in Crosswalk, if you're visiting with us today, you matter to us in this place. And we don't just say that, we really mean that from the bottom of our heart. And my goal is today always is to get to meet you, get to hug you. I know I'm a hugger, so I'm sorry. And I try to be careful because I know we got this whole mass thing going on. But I want you to know that somebody cares about you. This isn't a game for us. This isn't about playing church. Crosswalk wants to be the church. It matters to us. Because you know why? It matters to our Father. It matters.